story uh, to kind of prove a point that I always say. Um, go to John first. Let's just look at this. Our, our main text, now you're going to get a lot of scripture if, you're, if you are new here and you've never heard me preach, just get ready. Uh, uh, you, you will use your Bible a lot. Amen? Amen? Listen, if we don't use a word, we have nothing to stand on. Amen. If you don't use the word, as Rachel was prophesying, you have nothing to stand on. But I'll, in uh, John chapter 15, verse 12, it said, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No greater love, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Amen. And that, and that there, there's a song, and we sang it last week, and we'll probably break it out again at some point. And it, it's an old song. I mean, I didn't, Perry, I didn't realize how old that song was. It's, you know, almost 30 years old. It's called Amazing Love. And, and I was here in, in the church one day and just started singing it. I was praying, okay, God, what, am I, what are we preaching? I had no idea where we were going, what we were going to preach, what we were going to minister. I started singing that song. And then he just laid it all out. Um, today is not the day for it because it's cold out there. Uh, but have you ever picked a flower, those little yellow ones, what the daisies? How many of you ever abused a daisy? See, some of, the, some of these younger girls know what I'm talking about. Some of the older ones. You know, we, we abuse those poor little things. We reach down. We pluck them up out of the ground. They love me. They love me not. They love me. They love me not. They love me. They love me not. Try that again. And, <laughs> listen, to get the answer we want, we would go through a whole field of daisies. Trying to figure out if that person loved us. If they really Loved us, and, and I thought about you this morning, Phyllis, uh, when you said this, I thought about, about that message, how so many times we've done the same thing with God. We've gotten up and we said, he loves me, loves me not. He loves me, loves me not. You know, and, and we got to get to the point where we, we, we've come to the point where we say, well, God loves so-and-so so much because they got healed, and I didn't. What did I tell you that better happen if I fall out in, in this uh, church? The next week, somebody, that, that pastor, that pastor, Pastor Dave, who's not here today, better get up and preach healing. You say, well, what does that, somebody better get up and preach healing. And, and, and so... That's what we're doing. Because let me just give you a, 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 my testimony. I was going to do it later, but I want to do it right now. Last week, I didn't realize it. I, I, I knew something was up. But did y'all realize that I cut my message severely short last week? I don't know if you caught it. It's because I thought I was going to drop. My abdomen even hurt. From trying to force words. My, my lungs hurt. Well, it turns out that I had some kind of weird uh, respiratory, uh, uh, respiratory virus that Galen must have gave me or something. I don't know. Um, but I, 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 and I, I looked at D at one point with the look of, this ain't good, I'm going to drop right here. 
And so that angered me this week. Uh, because in my mind, he, he, it, was, it stopped ministry. So this week, we're going to talk about healing. Because... <laughs> Let me tell you how smart Amy is over here. Amy came in this morning and she said, something going on. I said, and I wasn't ignoring you. I intentionally didn't answer you. Um, she said, we knew something had to be going on because Pastor Ted was giving the announcements over the phone and uh, you weren't. Folks, let me tell you that in, in Sunday evening, Monday, I honestly felt worse than I ever have. Well, almost as bad as the first time I had that crazy virus that went around. Um, and I thought, I don't know. Pastor Ted was calling me. I couldn't talk. My voice was completely gone. So I finally was going to break down and go to the doctor because, you know, I've been standing in faith. Listen, we're not, just because we're preaching healing doesn't mean we're against doctors. Hear that. Doesn't mean you're, we're telling you to quit taking your medicine. Hear that. Okay. I've got two doctors sitting in a room. Go see me if you need them. All right. Uh, but I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Well, I got up that morning, and I had gotten a text from Idra. And I'd gotten a text from Bob. And, I, and I, they'll tell you I wasn't answering texts, but hours later probably. I got a text from Ted. I got a text from Rachel. And it was just all of them just, they just texting prayers to me. When I finally, I think Rachel's was the last one that came in, but I had been sitting there reading these texts, these prayers that people were praying for me. And I was already dressed, was getting ready to have Reese uh, drive me to the doctor. And all of a sudden, my sinus opened up. And I'm not going to get real gross. <laughs> Cindy can handle it. She, 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 uh, but the things that came out of my head... <laughs> I went on to the doctor that night. I come home and I'm sitting there. We're, we're sitting in front of the TV, and I told Reese and Dee. I mean, I, I immediately started feeling better. And I, 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 I told Reese and Dee. I said, "Do you hear that?" They said, "No, what?" I said, "Don't you hear that right now? You don't hear that." No. I said, "Wait, wait." Got real quiet. I said, "I know you didn't hear it then, but can you hear it now?" And they're like, "What are you talking about?" My voice came back in an instant. In an instant. Now, I sound raspy this morning because of that. Um, <laughs> but I'm telling you, healing is available to everyone. And, and it doesn't matter who you are, at some point you're going to have to stand for healing. You're going to have to stand and believe. Like Phyllis was talking about this morning. At some point, we're all going to have to stand and believe. But I want to read you a quote by T.L. Osborne. <clears throat> he said, it is impossible to boldly claim by faith a blessing which we are not sure God offers. We treat healing this way all the time. Well, we're not really sure if God offers healing or if he loves me enough in his amazing love to heal me because it seems like everybody else has been healed, but I'm dealing with this. 
He says, it's impossible to boldly claim by faith a blessing which we are not sure God offers. He goes on to say, because the blessings of God can only be claimed where the will of God is known, trusted, and acted on. Where the will of God. So if we want to know what is the will of God, we'll just go back in, in, in just the first four books of the New Testament and look at the acts of Jesus. You'll never see anywhere in the acts of Jesus where Jesus made someone sick. <laughs> it's not there. And he said, I come not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. So Jesus wasn't even doing his own will. He was doing the will of God. So if you want to know what the will of God is concerning healing, let's look how Jesus healed people. And if we can see that he wasn't actively going out and making people sick, especially to teach you some kind of weird twisted lesson. Man, they would put somebody in jail for that. If we just grab a kid and say, listen, I'm going to break your arm, but it'll teach you something later. <laughs> immediately what happens is somebody calls child services. But if we say that's not right for a parent, how can we say that that's what our heavenly father, who says that our love for our own children looks evil in comparison to his love for us, how can we put that on him and say, it must have been God's will? And we pray these prayers. Lord, if it's your will, heal them. That the blessings of God cannot be acted on where the will of God is not known. Go to Psalms 103. We, we started there last week, and I want to pick, pick it apart a little more today. Psalm 103, and I will do my best here. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and do not forget all his what? Benefits. There are benefits to serving God. Yeah. It's a great benefit package. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that was in me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Now, what are these benefits? We, looked, we started this last week. Who forgives all your iniquity. You don't get any better than that. Who forgives all of our sin who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live. My goodness, folks. How many times do we forget this? So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So remember, Faith begins where the will of God is known. So what is the will of God? Look at verse 3 again, if he can pull that up real fast. Who forgives all your iniquities and who heals Remember, we looked at the word all last week. All means complete. It means the whole thing. So all disease, he is the healer. Yeah, but I know so-and-so died and I know so-and-so died. What does that have to do with what God said? And I'm not downplaying anybody that's passed. 
I've had family members pass. I've had friends pass. That Jody, that passed way too young. But that still doesn't change what God's Word says. God's Word says He is the one who heals all of our diseases. That word there, heal, it means this, and it'll probably be on the screen, I think, if I did it right. It means to heal, to make healthful of God. Healer, physician of men. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all my iniquities, all my sins, and who is the physician of man for all my diseases. Who is the healer of all my diseases. Folks, when we learn to trust the love of God... When you learn to trust, you and I learn to trust the love of God, we can trust that his will is to heal. The problem is, Dr. Ruth, we don't trust his love. And and when we get to that point where we don't trust that he loves us enough to do it, then we will begin to struggle. And then we become okay to just sit in our own bleh. (laughs) and say, I guess this is just God's will for me. But that is complete opposite of what his word says. Let's let's, let's take a look at a few things. Go to 1 John chapter 4. Again, we're talking about amazing love. Love brings healing. But did you know that love is not a thing? It's not an emotion. Love's a person. And so if we can't trust God's love, that just means simply we can't trust God. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Yeah. Verse 8. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. He doesn't try. He doesn't try to love you. He doesn't look at you and go, man, I wish I really could love her. But you know, I really struggle. No, we might do that because of our imperfection that Matt was talking about. But with God, he looks at you and with everything in you, he cannot think of any other emotion about you than to love you. He can't even fathom anything. Yeah, but God, his, he, he has wrath, he has judgment. But then that means his wrath or judgment has to come out of love. See, maybe we've got a weird, twisted idea of what his wrath and judgment really is. Try that over here. We've got a weird, twisted idea of what his wrath and judgment really is. Because everything he does, he does out of love for me. Even his judgments are out of love. Even his wrath is out of love. Why do we correct our children? Because we don't want them hurt. Don't stick the fork. <laughs> we love them. I, I, I said it uh, uh, yesterday in our men's meeting, and you guys have heard me say it all along. God absolutely takes us just as we are. But I also know that he loves me too much to leave me there. He loves me too much to leave me where he found me. 
And my journey to get to where that place is, it may take longer than it took your journey. But what we have to do is trust his love, that he is love, and that he will bring someone along at a pace that they can handle. But what we want to do is when they keep falling backward into their stuff, oh, they didn't get it. Man, give somebody time to work it out. They're not perfect like you. Verse 9. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, verse 10. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. His love toward us has no bearing on how I've ever treated him. So I can't say, well, God is punishing me. Remember one day Jesus is walking down the road with his disciples. They come across this blind guy, and his, his uh, uh, disciples stepped up and said, who sinned, this man or his parents? Because somebody sinned because God made him blind. Now, God says, he's not, nobody sinned in this situation. But what this situation is going to do is going to allow the glory of God the sickness wasn't the glory of God. It was the healing that was the glory of God. We somehow get, oh, God got glory out of making him sick. God didn't get any glory out of making him sick. God got the glory out of healing him. And God is not looking for some kind of weird idea of glory by punishing you and I with some sickness. Hmm. Y'all okay? Listen, if I fall over, Somebody better get up. Amen. You better do it. Amen. Ticked me off last week that I had to cut things short because I couldn't daggone breathe. So, yeah, I'm coming hard today. Jump down to verse, uh, no, let's finish verse 10. And this is the love of God, not that we loved him. His love had nothing to do with me. But that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Verse 16, same chapter. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. There's the key. We have to believe, trust his love. You have to have a full acceptance. Now, what is faith? Faith is simply being firmly persuaded. That's all it means. There's no big, giant, supernatural thing about it. Faith simply means that you are convinced. 100, he says, in this we have known and believed the love that God has for us. So do we know? Well, we don't know, Brenda, because sometimes we still blame God for the things that nobody would ever do. You would, you would look at somebody for doing something and say, man, Sheila's cruel. She tripped Larry and broke his nose. <laughs> well, I guess that was just God's plan. You've heard me tell this story. When Sydney was born, she was born uh, just over three pounds. From her little backside to the back of her head would fit in my hand, Doc. She has arms and legs. And I remember my dad asked me, oh, she's going to love this. She's back there teaching your kids, by the way. Uh, my dad said, what'd she look like? I said, an alien. 
She, she was blue and cone-headed and, I mean, and they told us that she had four-plus brain bleeds on both sides of her head. And I sat there, and John, I, I stood beside that, and the Holy Spirit said, didn't you promise her to me? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I don't take a broken gift. I told Dee, I said, listen, they're going to come over and give us bad news. This is before they told us about her brain bleeds. I said, we can't believe it. We can't listen to them, and we can't take it. Long story short, a couple days later, they decided to run the test again. And they said, well, we don't quite get it. We didn't do anything, but the brain bleeds are getting smaller. It, it gets better. They said, well, we don't really know what she would have ever been really capable of, but believe it, she's not going to be quote-unquote normal. Who is? But uh, Yeah, really, exactly, exactly. And, uh, and I said, nah, that's okay. And the doctor looked at Dee and I in that room and said, do you all understand what we're saying? We're like, yeah, we get it. We, we understand what you're saying. <laughs> but we already had another word. <laughs> and I had to believe that he loved me enough to keep the promise of his word. Because if I can't trust his love, then I can't trust him. Because he is that love. So verse 16 says, for we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God. Yes. And God abides in them. Verse 19. We loved, we love because he first loved us. <laughs> he loved us before we ever loved him. F.F. F. Bosworth says this. He said, there's no place, in no place does the Bible say that God is power. Oh, catch that. That's deep. No place in the word will you find that it says that God is power. But it does say God is love. It is not faith in God's power that secures his blessings. It's not faith in God's power that secures his blessings, but faith in his love and his will. When we begin to doubt the love of God, what we're actually doubting is his willingness. And no one, because, you know why? Because no one calling themselves a Christian would ever go around and say, I really don't know if God's able to do all this. We would never do that. We would never question his ability. But what we do question is his willingness. What we do question, does he love me enough and is he willing to do it? So we, we question his willingness to heal. Folks, it takes very, Brenda, it takes very little faith to say God is able. Nobody has that. Okay. Here, out in the middle of nothing. Stars. 
And that's how the word says it. It says he breathes out stars. <laughs> now, I, now question why they say the universe is still expanding. <laughs> uh, so we don't ever question that. What we do question is, does he really love? Well, I would never really say it. Because we used to sing the silly song, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so, but sometimes I don't believe he loves me enough to heal me. Nobody wrote that line. But man, we sure sing it all the time. <laughs> Folks, the devil knows he's able. The devil knows he's willing. But what he tries to convince you of is he don't love you enough and he's not willing enough to, to, to heal you. And so he leaves us in our weird idea of a lesson. I'm just, I'm just suffering for the Lord. He don't need you to suffer. <laughs> Am I the only one that's ever heard that? Somebody looked at me like I was, like I was a, I don't know, a cow looking at a new gate there. I don't, something. <laughs> I've heard him say it. I'm just suffering for the Lord. He don't need your suffering. Ah. And you have to be willing. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Let's just go there. Matthew chapter 8. Folks, I'm telling you, if we will get convinced of God's love, this, I know what we try to do, Brenda. People try to put this message into the Pentecostal charismatic world. This is just the Bible. This has nothing to do with a denomination. It has nothing to do with any of that type of world. This is just what the Bible says. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. It says, when Jesus had come down from the mountain... A great crowd followed him. And there was a man with a skin disease. King James Version says leprosy. Who came to him and, and, and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me whole. He was convinced of his ability, but he wasn't convinced of his willingness. King James says, if thou wilt, if you want, you know. What he was convinced of, he absolutely knew God could. But he didn't know if God loved him enough to be willing to do it. And I don't know how many times we have done this same thing to God. Because we look around, well, they got healed. Man, they, they just got it. Boom. Why, am I, why is this thing hung on me for a hundred years? You know? Because we still have a problem understand. Because we have such a performance-based salvation that if I check all the right boxes and I tick all the right things, that I will do everything right enough. And then, just then, or oh, maybe just then, he'll see me well enough and worthy enough to be healed. Folks, that is not, his word says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forgetting all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. That is just who he is. We got to get past the point where we question, is it his will for me to be healed? And I come to the point where I understand that no matter what I've done, where I've been, and who I was there with, he still loves me enough to heal me because I'm his and he's mine and never the two can be separated. 
He says, Lord, if you're willing. So here's the picture. This man, if they had leprosy, they weren't supposed to, if, if, if Ted has leprosy and I'm coming down the street, it was his responsibility to cross the road and get away from me and cry out, I'm unclean. Don't come around me. I can't come around you. Is to announce his sickness. <laughs> but here we see the man completely going against the custom and he runs to Jesus. And his thing to Jesus is, I know you're able, but are you willing? And we do the same thing. We come to Jesus and we see him coming and we think, I'm unclean. I'm, not, I'm dirty, I've done this and I've done that. I'm not worthy and so I'll just stay over here in whatever thing that I think that this is supposed to be. I'll stay over here in my filth and I'll just let, wave. I know you're able. This guy wasn't, he said no. He ran straight to Jesus' feet and he said, listen, I know you're able but are you willing? Folks, God would rather you question his ability than his willingness. Because when we begin to question his willingness, we're questioning his love. And when we question his love, we're questioning the very root of who he is. Mm. So he runs up to Jesus. And he questions him. Go back to verse 2 again. And there was a man with a skin disease who came to Jesus and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, verse 3, I am willing. King James Version says, I will. <laughs> this is the answer that you've been waiting on, that we have been waiting on. Does God love me enough and is he willing to overlook my junk to still heal me? And he reaches out his hand and says, I am willing. Be made clean. And how fast? Immediately. But what if it doesn't happen immediately? It didn't always happen for Jesus immediately either. Remember when he tried, went to heal the, uh, the blind man and he, and he said, okay, pray for him. What do you see? I see men as trees walking. Well, that ain't right. <laughs> so he prays for him again. Well, I've already asked everybody and their brother to pray for me. I don't want to ask anybody else anymore. Why, do you think all of a sudden because it didn't happen the first time that he became unwilling? That somehow his nature changed? Somehow his character changed? Somehow that Jesus is different than the one you serve now? The one who looked at the leper and said, I am willing. Man, when are we going to settle that in our spirits? I am, he is willing. He's willing to heal me. He, listen, that's why I went through and I read those prayers. Idris said, I'll share my quote-unquote pills. The reason she said it, she didn't share her pills with me. <laughs> A few weeks ago, I had ministered on Wednesday night on healing and talked about the, how the scripture, the word says that the scripture is medicine. 
The scripture says the word is medicine. So she, Idris sent me four or five scriptures. And I, I was reading all these prayers. And I finally just sat down and said, Lord, I know I'm going to this doctor. But you can heal me. Yeah. And you're willing to heal me. And you love me enough to heal me. And you care about me enough to heal me. And all of a sudden, Folks, <laughs> his answer to the man, I am willing. When we learn to trust his love, his willingness, and his desire to hunt us down and bless us and believe that the miraculous, it'll all of a sudden become remarkably easy. And that's what we're opening doors for now. How would you feel if your kid come up to you and say, Dad, Mom, whatever, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Sorry, a song just went through my head. Uh, you can guess which one it was. Um, I'm in trouble. Uh, I know you've got everything that I need to get me out of this. I just don't know if you love me enough to do it. You talk about hurt, Brent. If one of my kids came to me and says, I know you can do this, I just don't know if you love me enough. I don't know if you love me enough and you're willing to do it. How many times have I ever looked at God and said the same thing? Man, I know you're able. I just wonder if you love me enough to do it. Or am I just bound to be like mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, everybody else? And sit and deal with this thing all the way through. Folks, go to John 10.10. 10. Everybody knows this scripture. These are fun scriptures. I'm telling you, you can be healed in this place. Who, who's on prayer team today? Jody, who else? Raise your hand so I can see you. Dr. Ruth, uh, Bob. I don't have to be the one to lay hands on you. Nobody laid hands on me. I read texts. But here in just a few minutes, we're going to close. And these three people are going to come up here. Matter of fact, let's do this. Uh, are, you, are, are you guys busy immediately after service? You two? Yeah. She's going over there. Kevin will be up here too. Are you busy immediately after service? Rachel will be up here too. You say, why are you doing that? You're going to have five people. If you're dealing with sickness, today I want you to understand God loves you enough. This whole front row will be filled with people who want to pray with you, who know that God loves you enough. You don't need me. That's why we got this weird idea that it's got to be the pastor to do it. No, I don't. They carry the same thing I carry. You carry it. John 10.10, 10, sorry guys. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So what does sickness do? It steals your time. Steals your energy. That don't sound like God to me. The enemy steals, kills, and destroys. God is the opposite of that. God, he came that you give you life 
and that you'd have it more abundantly. Yeah. He came to repair. Go to Luke 4.18. Go to Luke 4.18. This is what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to, uh, to bring good news to the poor. Good news. Jesus is bringing good news. <laughs> good news. You know what? Why do we watch the news? Somebody tell me, real quick. So you what? <laughs> he, he's shaking his head. He don't want to repeat that. <laughs> Michael, why do we watch the news? To get informed of what, Pastor Ted? Bad news. Okay, say it is bad news. You watch the news to find out what has happened. Jesus says, I came to bring you good news. What has already happened. Because it is who he is. It is what he is. He says, I came to bring good news to the poor. Go ahead, Bobby. He has sent me to proclaim release to the, of the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. God's about freedom. He's about healing. He's not about steal, kill, and destroy. And when we look at what sickness does to us, it does the exact opposite of what Jesus came to do. Go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with what? The Holy Spirit and power. And what did Jesus do with this Holy Spirit and power? He says, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Now, what did he say over there when he read Isaiah? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to set at liberty those who were oppressed. Glory to God. He anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. And so Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Well, that was Jesus. I know. I know. Can we just settle if Jesus came to heal all who are oppressed of the devil. What's the opposite of healing? Or sickness. Yeah. Can we at least say that then sickness is an oppression of the devil? So what did Jesus come to do? To heal. Go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. We're winding this thing down. Everyone who commits sin is of the devil. I'm uh, sorry, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, if I didn't tell you that. Everyone who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. 
You say, what does all this have to do with healing? Everything. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. He disarmed the rulers in authority and made public example of them, triumphing over them in it. For far too long, folks, for far too long, we have heard that God is able. But what we need to know and settle today is he is willing and he loves you enough to do it. We can all get up here and get pumped up saying, God's able, God's able. Okay, tell me something I don't know. The leper, he knew he was able, but he didn't know he was willing. Oh. And he's not only willing, but he's desiring to do it. A few more, you ready? <laughs> all right. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. This is where we'll start. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. If you want to know God's will on healing, look at Jesus. Who, and when he saw crowds, he had love. Why? That's who he is. And when he saw crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. He said, you all go ahead and pray for yourself. <laughs> ask God to send you. But I want to look at, focus on verse 35. He saw them. And he healed them. Why? Because he was moved with compassion. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. Matthew 14, verse 13. And when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there into, in, in a boat uh, for, to a, desert, a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion. compassion for them and cured their sick. Love, this amazing love brings healing. Well, God doesn't do miracles anymore. Yes, he does. Except we forget about Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. It says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday... Today and forever. So if he's willing to do <laughs> if he's willing to do it then, why oh why do we somehow think that he's not willing to do it now? Amazing love brings the benefits of belief of, of the Lord to the believer. When we have to believe his unchanging love. His unchanging love. Last one, you ready? I remember finding these verses and they excited me. Psalms 107. 17. Psalms 107, verse 17. Some were sick through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities endured affliction. Now that doesn't mean every sickness is because you sinned. Remember, the disciples said, who sinned? 
Jesus said nobody sinned. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distresses. He sent out his word and healed them. And in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. We called him Jesus. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. Let them thank the Lord with steadfast, for his steadfast love and his wonderful works for his humankind. And let them offer thanksgiving sacrifices, tell of his deeds with songs of joy. Amy calls me, or I text Amy this week. I said, are you back in town? She said, yeah. I said, didn't know, I didn't know when she was coming back in town or how. Yeah, so I had planned on if she needed a, still needed the break, I wasn't going to put her on the stage. I didn't want to push her over the, over the deep end real quick. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to lean on you heavily because I had been dealing with that. But today I could have sang it. You know why? He loved me enough. <laughs> and you know what my response is back to him? I'm just going to love him back. Amen. Let me tell you, he loves you enough. And the only proper response from you is just love him back. Prayer team, would you all come on up here, please? I want just spread out across through here. Listen, if you're dealing with sickness today, I don't care if it's a cold, some weird uh, respiratory virus that's 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 going around. I don't care what it is. If you're dealing with sickness, these people want to pray for you. They're going to lay hands on you and we're going to believe together. But I want you to come up here for prayer, if you do, knowing that God loves you enough and he is more than willing to heal you. Listen for the announcements. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, Matt, will you put on some music? If you're not, going to, uh, if you're not having prayer, just let's keep it down to a low rumble and uh, communicate in the lobby. Because I believe we're going to see healings in this place today. I believe God's going to do and some touch some folks. And these guys are ready to say, God, we thank you that you love them. And we know that you're willing. In Jesus' name. Amen. So.